All right. So do you guys know that there was over 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament? And this, and this spans over, it's not like one generation or one church or one group of people. 300 things that were said about Jesus. He did fulfill all of them. I mean, that's a pretty big deal to have 300 different things said about you and you fulfilled them all over different generations, different areas. And he fulfilled 33 of them just on the day he went to the cross. That's a lot. Like average-wise, that's not going to work out. That's not luck. That's not, you know what I mean, like a good guess. That's pretty amazing that just on, the, just on the day he went to the cross, 33 of the prophecies about him, things like that he would be um, riding in on a, a donkey, that he would be betrayed by a friend, that he would, for not just that, because you could say that's pretty generic, but it was specifically said for 30 um, pieces of silver. That's pretty specific, isn't it? Because we could say, oh, you're going to be betrayed. Well, yes, we're all going to be betrayed. <laughs> But, I mean, it was, it was very specific, like how he would die, that his hands and his feet would be pierced. So I look at that, and um, if we want testament, how, do you, how can you say that Jesus is real? How can you have proof? And that's where hope and faith come in. But, I mean, there was a lot of statistics there. There's a lot of facts that things that happened, happened. Um, in Luke 20. 444. This is Jesus, because I want you guys to realize Jesus wasn't just there at the cross. Jesus is God, so he was, he's been there since the beginning. He didn't just, well, now he's here because he's in flesh. He was there in the flesh when, when he came down and became man, but Jesus was always there. So this is Jesus, and he's talking to people, and he's saying, Jesus said to them, remember when I was with you before. Okay, and you're thinking, Okay, I said that everything written about me must happen. Everything written in the law of Moses, the book of prophets, and the Psalms. So he's talking about everything that was in the Old Testament. He was still there. That was still about him. That was um, before he ever walked on this earth, you know, his spirit, because he is the spirit of God, right? We know that they are three separate and all one. We can't, we, I don't think we can really fathom that. Until we get to heaven, I don't think that we can really understand that concept. That's a, it's really hard because we don't understand, like, how can you be three and the same? And, and so Jesus is trying to explain this to them. They didn't get it, and they spent a lot of time with Jesus. Um, so with this statement, he was basically declaring, like, it's not just the New Testament of, of that we need to focus on. There is the Gospels. He said, go out and preach the Gospels. That's our job, to go out and preach the Gospels. He didn't say only live by the Gospels. He said, go out and preach the Gospels to all people. But in that statement, he was declaring that the Old Testament, everything since the beginning and the New Testament, all pointed to and were about him. Everything in the Bible actually comes back to him. That's right. Come on. So he put the old and new together, and really from the moment sin entered the world, Jesus became a savior. From the moment sin entered the world, that was the day he became our savior. It's not when he went to the cross, he was just fulfilling that, but he was already our savior. God already had the plan that we would be saved by the blood of the lamb. It wasn't like, well, everyone born before, you know, he came. You know, you're just bummer. No, he was already Savior. 
so basically what the Old Testament did, the Old Testament foretold. That means it's telling you what's going to happen. Um, and the New Testament told you the story of what actually happened. So they're the same story told at different times. And uh, Jesus, it basically in Matthew 5.17, it says, Don't think that I have come to destroy the law of Moses or the teaching of the prophets. So what is he saying? What is he saying? That we should listen to the word of God, even if it's in the Old Testament. People, I like to just cover it with grace. Good. Because that means you're doing everything that the Lord said already. And, and. The grace is and. So if you were supposed to follow the laws, follow rules, you know, not. You know, I think Jesus still says that not to murder people, right? Oh, but that was in the Old Testament. Oh, honor your father and mother. Oh, I can be however I want. I can talk to them however I want because that was in the Old Testament. No. He's saying, I came to fulfill it and add grace to it. So he's telling us that um, he's come not to destroy it, the teachings, but give full meaning to them. So he's saying this is a complete book. This is a complete work that um, is going to help help you in your walk in ministering the word of God to people and to go out and spread the gospel. So we need not just, not just what is now, but we need what was before. So he was, is, and will eternally be our Savior and our King. It doesn't change. It didn't change before he walked on this earth. It doesn't change now that he has ascended in heaven. He is still our King. He is still our Savior. Do you guys agree with that? Come on, that's a good thing. I don't want to wake up one morning and not have a Savior. What would your life look like if you woke up tomorrow and he took back your salvation? Or if he said, everyone that has already passed on, I am taking back that salvation. Where would you be? You would be in mourning and turmoil because everyone in here probably has people they love that are already with Jesus in heaven, right? So he's not like that. He is eternally our Savior and our King. All the things we learn and we grow and we want in our life, we have to realize it is all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Even if things are going wrong, this is where I think we sometimes get... Right? Does that see how it feels sometimes? That's how sometimes it's like I got okay. So even if everything's going wrong, you know, if life's not what we wanted for the moment, how many guys have ever been in that season? You're like, I think you messed up on the direction, Lord. (laughs) This my bank my bank account tells me you were were you walking with me then? No. Even if, if everything that is not going the way we wanted, we still have heaven. Even if it doesn't look like it on earth right now, in that moment, we still have heaven. We still have a hope of eternity. Is that enough? That's where we come into. Is that enough? Um, I had a word for Irv actually this morning, and the Lord said, I told you to give it to him, so now I'm going to give it to you. Yesterday, I was actually talking to Mercy's new father-in-law, and I said, you know, a month before she met your son, I said, she came to me and she said, I'm just lonely and I've been waiting. I've been 
honorable and I have done everything that you have asked, Lord. And I said, that's great, Mercy. I said, because you are almost to the breakthrough. I said, the enemy always wants you to give up right before. And I believe that God said that for you, Irv. I know that (laughs) you have been, God just remind me of how faithful you've been. And the Lord says, don't turn any side. Don't look to the back. The Lord says that he has breakthrough for you. And I just want to remind you of that. So, (laughs) so that's a good word. Hold on to that, the breakthrough. And I do want to let you know, I mean, a month later, and, and in that conversation with Mercy, I said, you know what? You stay strong. I said, the next man that comes into your life is going to be a man of God, and you're going to marry him. And she met her husband less than a month later. So God is good, right? So I want to remind you, breakthrough is coming. You have been an honorable man of God, and anyone in this then this community of believers would know that and would stand that for you, that you have been, you have spread the gospel. The enemy may not like it, but God loves it, and he, is, he thinks that you are honorable, and he's not going to let doors close on you. So that's good. All right, I'll be back. I, sorry that I didn't say it earlier this morning. So, All right, so that's what I'm saying. When life is not always perfect, we, things happen. Is Jesus enough? If we received only salvation. If that's the only thing we got, nothing else would be affected in our lives. If we only got salvation, would that be enough for us? When we start thinking about it, we think about all the good things we've actually had in our life or God has done, and we think, man, I like those things. Would it be enough if we only, if the only hope we had of was going to heaven? If we had the salvation? If there were no blessings, no peace, no gifts, no comforts, just salvation from this broken world, would that be enough? Is Jesus enough in, in, that, in that aspect enough? Is he really enough? Or when things get a little crazy, we say, well, you're not giving me all of these things plus salvation, so you know I'm going to go live my life how I want, kind of like the prodigal son, right? It's really easy to do that. It's really easy when it looks like everyone else is having fun and everyone else is being successful and everything's going right. And you're like, Jesus, I accepted you. We act like we're doing him a favor. We are not doing him any favor. All the favors came from him. Even when you do a favor for somebody else that came because the spirit of the living God is inside of you and you were created by God. Even when you do good things, you only do good things because your creator made you to be able to do that. That's something we forget. There is no goodness in our physical body, only in our spirit, which was created by God. And if God is good, only goodness can reside in his, when you have his spirit living in you. So all good things come from him. So we have to ask, is Jesus enough? If we didn't get the the fun part of church, of coming together and building, you know, relationships, taking care of people, doing things like the backpack give back, you know what I mean? If we just had just Jesus, it was just us and Jesus, we might not even have a physical Bible, you know, if we just had that, would it be enough? Or do we like making sure we have a cup of coffee? We have a nice room to meet in, you know? That it's nice when we come, it's nice to come sit in chairs. We were talking this morning, and I said, I wonder how many people would come back if we just threw the chairs out how they look when we first get here and put them out. 
How many of you guys would come in and go, what's going on? Where's my seat? Jordan said, maybe we should face them all backwards, see if anyone says anything. <laughs> you know, like, we like those things. And would we still follow Jesus with all the little things that we like if he said, I'm going to remove those for a minute? It's kind of a self-evaluation. <laughs> can be a little scary. I've been there. It's like, I want it my way. It's easy to get there. You know, can we follow him when we're mocked? When we're persecuted? When the circumstances are stacked against us? You ever felt like your circumstances were like one of those giant domino setups? And you're like, don't touch anything, because once one thing goes, everything's going to go. I think we've all been in that, and you're trying to get ahead of it, and you're like, Lord. Or is it just when we're really comfortable? I'm not going to lie, I like the comfortable seasons too. But when I've been there too long, I start taking people. I start taking my call on my life. I start taking Jesus for granted. I start forgetting like, hey, I'm not sick. I don't even have to thank the Lord every day that I'm healthy. I only want to talk to him when I need healing. Lord, heal me instead of, Lord, thank you that I am healthy. (laughs) Right? I do that all the time, and then I'm like, when I feel bad, I'm like, I should have been thanking you every day, you know. It's easy to get to that spot as any believer, and, and I think it doesn't matter if you're a leader or you just met the Lord. It's easy to just go into that comfort area or into that, like, I like it when it's good, or I don't want to have to talk and share Jesus because people might mock me. People are not going to be my friends. You know, I had like a nervous breakdown. I don't know, not nervous. I had a little breakdown with my kids. I'm like, I'm so sorry that we brought you into the ministry. People are so terrible to you guys. I'm, I'm like crying and I'm like, you know, I wish I would have never done this to you because you know what? You guys have to be up and up on everything. You have to be, you know, you have to do everything right and people hate you just because you are good because you do the right thing, because you love Jesus and you share the gospel and you are hated among men. And I'm like crying. And my kids are like, you better shut your mouth. I mean, Layla didn't say that to me. You guys know she's sweet. She'd be like, mom, mom. Lana's like, no, stop talking right now. I'm like, and I'm like, but she's like, you don't think that we know that? We choose that. Our life is good because of that. You shut your mouth. I'm like, okay, you know little break, because sometimes it gets in there where you think, oh, I don't want my children to have any pain. But pain means something's happening sometimes. So even when you're persecuted, even when you're mocked, no matter what the circumstances, we don't want to get comfortable. We want Jesus. Jesus really wasn't comfortable to, you know what, if you were not living for God, it was not comfortable to be in his presence. Even those he showed grace and mercy to, even like Zacchaeus, all these people, they wept and they were, they were in turmoil when Jesus was in their presence. Jesus wasn't yelling at them. He wasn't angry at them. He was actually honoring towards them. But being in his presence, just being in his presence, your spirit gets convicted and it wants, it cries out for the things of God. 
You ever been there that you are sinning and you know it, but nobody else knows it? And you, you even stand next to someone who is serving the Lord and you are angry, you know, because you know what? God says your spirit will cry out. If you accepted Jesus into your life, nothing that you do, it will cry out for him. You may not separate him from, you know, from his body. It is the bride and the bridegroom and you do not have the authority to separate those two. So once you accept him, your spirit will continually cry out for the groom. Right? That's real good. I don't even have that in my notes. Oh, I think I preach better when I don't have sleep. You know, because I don't have time. I think that's actually a true statement because I don't have time to just prepare everything that I want to say and go the direction that I want. God says, can you listen to the Spirit? I have a direction. That's where we're going. That's what makes it great. I'm going to do another little bunny trail. I was going to the rehearsal. God likes that I do bunny trails because he says it always glorifies me. So I was driving. I was going to go to the rehearsal and um, help Mercy set things up. And I was going out the door, and the Lord says, you're not to leave right now. And so I'm just like sitting on my bench. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, God, I don't like to be late, not a minute. Like, if you are on time to me, I'm 10 minutes late. That is my life. And the Lord's like, no, I want you to wait. I want you to wait. It was like eight minutes or something. And I'm driving, and, you know, I don't know if the speed limit's really a law or suggestion. I'm always, (laughs) praise the Lord that God has always protected me in that because I don't under, my foot must weigh a lot. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's my heels. I'm not sure. But um, I'm dri- you know, I always drive fast. And at that moment, I see these lights at this weird little dip of the hill. It was like a DPW person. They just had pulled up. And when I, so I, the only reason I slowed down is I saw the lights on the other side of the road. And when I came up, there was a huge tree across my side of the road. I would have hit it and I never would have made it that God would speak to you in the littlest things. Eight minutes, I had to sit on a bench and I was complaining to the Lord that why would he not release me? Because I wanted to know, but God spared my life for eight minutes. That is, that is the God we serve. When we have him living inside us, that's what he speaks to us. It's his spirit living inside us. He has all answers. Sometimes we just throw it off like, you know, I got to look good. I got to be on time. I was one minute late. And I apologize to Mercy. She's like, I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> True statement. Oh. Yeah. It's really grasping the extent of what happened on the cross and really living it every day. If we never experienced healing or abundance or blessing, could we still follow him? We don't even want to think about that, do we? We don't. Now that it's put in, in front of us, we don't want to think about what it would really be like to just have salvation. Whew. We have to understand he is our savior, he is our king. He is not our ATM. He is not a magic potion. He is our savior and he is our king. You know, just being, you know, all God, he knew his role. 
Just like Matt talked about, he knew his role before he came to the earth as a man because he was all God. You know, we talked about the Trinity. You know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they are all God. And what Jesus did, he not only ransomed us, he paid for our life. That alone is more than we could ask for or that anybody could ever earn or deserve. There is not one person that walks the earth that has been, you know, completely perfect in everything. I mean, if you have opened your mouth, you have put your foot in there at least once. (laughs) Some of us have a lot of feet, you know, right? So we have to realize, you know, we can't, we have, we didn't earn it. We didn't punch a time card and say, I got enough hours in there. Didn't say, well, you know, here's the cutoff if you don't make this. If you're not good enough, didn't do enough good things. No, that's not how it works. God set a plan in motion, and Jesus was present in every single season. I'm going to read to you guys about Jesus because you think, well, Jesus came in in the Gospels. He did not. He was there always. He is God. All right. So I love this. If you haven't, this is Discovering the Miracle of Scarlet Thread, and I love this book because it really shows you how Jesus was present from the beginning of time. So I'm going to read to you in every book of the Bible where Jesus was. In Genesis, he was the seed of a woman. In Exodus, he was the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he was the perfect sacrifice. In Numbers, he was the one that was lifted up. In Deuteronomy, he was the prophet greater than Moses. And then in Joshua, he was the captain. I love that. He was the captain of our salvation. That means he was leading, calling to the shots of how salvation would work. In Judges, he was the deliverer. He delivered us from our sins. In Ruth, he was the near kinsman, which means he was our family. He said, you are in the family. In Samuel, he was the judge. In Kings and Chronicles, um, what do you think he would be in that? In Kings in Kings and Chronicles, what do you think he was? The king. You guys are really good at this. <laughs> in Ezra, he was the faithful scribe, making sure everything was perfect. In Nehemiah, y'all, I love Nehemiah because he was the restorer of our souls. Souls get tired, but your spirit don't. In Esther, he was the advocate. In Job, he was the ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, the new song. In Proverbs, the wisdom of God. We know that. Ecclesiastes, the goal of life. In Song of Solomon, he was the lover of our soul. In Isaiah, he was the suffering servant. In Jeremiah, the righteous branch of David. In Lamentations, the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he was the glory of God. In Daniel, he was the smiting stone. In Hosea, the forgiving bridegroom. In Joel, the giver of the Holy Spirit, right there. Man, in Amos, the builder of the city of God. In Obadiah, the Savior. Come on, right there, the Savior. In the Old Testament, he was the Savior. Oh, man. In Jonah, he was the firstborn from the dead. In Micah, the ruler of all ages. In Nahum, the avenger. In Habakkuk, the God of our salvation. Are you guys hearing salvation in there a little bit? You know, in Zephaniah, the one in our midst. In Haggai, someone say that for me. Um, 
the restorer of the kingdom back to the family, and Zechariah, the priest of the throne, and Malachi, the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Come on right there if you need healing. In Matthew, he was the king of the Jews. In Mark, he was the servant. In Luke, he was the son of man. In John, he was the son of God. Come on. In Acts, he gave us the Holy Spirit, you know. In Romans, he justified our sin. In Corinthians, he was the giver of gifts. In Galatians, the liberator of our souls. In Ephesians, the exalted one. In Philippians, our joy. In Colossians, the head of all things. In Thessalonians, the hope of mankind. In Timothy and Titus, he was the pastor and the shepherd. In Philemon, Philemon, he was our covenant friend. And we get into Hebrews, the messenger of the new covenant, and James, the great physician. If you need healing, there's some books for you. In First and Second Peter, he was the cornerstone. In First, Second, and Third John, he was love, he was light, and he was truth. In Jude, he was the one who was able to keep us from stumbling and present us flawless. And in Revelations, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on. Tell me again how Jesus is not enough. I need a break, man. It's a lot. His blood did not just cover our sin. He covered it all. Everything that has come into your life will come into your life. Past, present, and future, he has covered it all. He gave us wisdom. He gave us revelation. He gave us prophecy. He foretold and foretold what God is wanting in his kingdom. He is the deliverer. He is the restorer. He has taken off the chains. He has broke from every bondage. That is our king. That is our Lord. That is Jesus to us. I feel like a preacher. He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we would never spend, when we accept him in our life, we would never spend one moment without him present. We would not have to wait. We would not have to go out and seek. We would not have to go to a building. We would not have to go to a place to have him with us. He said, I'm giving you that. And then with him comes all gifts. Gifts. I like gifts. All of them. You got them. Sorry, that. He gave us joy. He gave us peace. He gave us hope. He gave us the greatest physicians, physician for our mind and body. Jesus is the greatest physician above any other physician. He is the greatest physician for our mind and our body, which John attested to that he put his eyes on Jesus. He got full healing. That is good. That is good. Jesus didn't just save the world. He did that. (laughs) He did do that, but he brought us so much more. He continues to be everlasting. He continues to be everlasting for every generation. For every generation. If you grew up in a generation that didn't know Jesus, you know what, that's okay because he is here for this generation and the next generation and your grandkids and their grandkids. He said, I placed you because I want you to show them me. So if you're sitting in here and you're like, I don't have kids. Well, you probably have grandkids. You have neighbors. You have anyone. We're one family, one kingdom. It is your job to preach the gospel and live Jesus and speak him out. 
and say, you know what, there is one way, there is one Jesus, there is, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, let me tell you what he did. He came so that you, and you and you and you and you, all of you could bring heaven to earth. That wasn't his job, it is your job. It is your job to pull down heaven to earth. We have the authority because we have the king of kings and lords and lord living in us. Our spirit is always alive, always active. It doesn't need to rest. And it encourages our soul because our soul gets all, you know what I mean? Our spirit doesn't need that. Our spirit's like always on, always ready, always ready to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we need to share in freedom and truth with everyone. If you actually shared with everybody, and you, without thinking, I wonder how they're going to think. Are they going to receive that weird? Are they not going to like that? Do they have difference of opinion? Were they raised in church differently? You know what? If you get one out of a hundred, praise the Lord, it's one out of a hundred. That one will be very thankful that you spent time going to a hundred. If you are that one, somebody did that for you. You were probably somebody's one out of a hundred. It is worth that. Because he paid it all. He paid for everything. So we need to live and believe and thank him, you know, that he is a good and faithful God and that he has brought us into the kingdom so we can be good and faithful servants. Because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. All right, we're going to pray.